We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. It feels like Miami. Miami, Miami. Miami, Miami. Miami, Miami. Miami. Miami, Miami. Miami, Miami. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Carlo Navas. And with me today, we have our producer and co-founder, Mr. Brian Goins. Hello. We have our Saucy Nuggets insider, Mr. Lefty Leif. Been a busy time for him. Yo, yo, what's up? We have our trash tweeter, despite him not like being called that anymore, Jack Alfonso. Justice better. Justice is indeed better. So today we're uh, we're going to do, we have a running thread throughout the show. We're going to help Brian with his fantasy basketball draft. It's, we talked Jimmy Butler and all things Miami Heat preseason. Uh, so Brian will occasionally chime in and we will we will discuss. I have Brian, the we'll- ninth pick. And okay. this basketball league, steals and blocks are worth three points. Everything else is worth one point. Sounds like a Giannis is very good league. And Durant. Oladipo is underrated as well as a guard D- option. D- Depot's good. I have my draft, I think, next week. So that will, Brian will keep us updated on that. I also want to tell you guys that we are part of the Five Reason Sports Network, started by longtime reporter Ethan Skolnick and Miami Hurricanes homer Chris Whittingham. Uh, they have been tremendous in building this web of South Florida sports, everything ranging from the Dolphins to um, to baseball to hockey to anything and anything that you would want in Miami sports it's here. Uh, light-skinned opinions. You even have some some culture out here. That's our very own Alf954 hosting that with Maddox and the light, the dark-skinned producer, um, Parrish. So check all our friends out on our slew of networks. Check us out on iTunes. Give us reviews. Do all that good stuff. And check out our corporate sponsors. Also, 
Last bit of housekeeping. We are having our very first Miami Heat Beat watch party. We are going to the Duffy's up north in Aventura. We will post uh, more details. We'll, we'll make a graphic with all the information. But we're going to be up there for the first game of the season against the Orlando Magic. Come meet the show. Come meet Ethan. Come meet myself, Alf, Christian. Uh, we're going to try to get some. We're going to try to get some special guests. Maybe some um, some friends of the shows that are that might be in town. Chris so, Chambers. Uh, we, who knows, man? Maybe OJ McDuffie, you know, swings by for a Heat game. You know, OJ's a big Heat fan. Maybe uh, ESPN personalities come through. You know, you never know. So uh, come, come down, come up I wherever won't. you are. Brian will not. Brian will be at the game. Brian will be covering the game as a credential media member because we out here. So uh, check that out. We're again, we're gonna update. Please come out. Uh, this is a big deal for us. And if you've been following the show for a long time, being out there is really gonna help us and gonna make us look good that we can bring a crowd on a Wednesday night. To, uh, to Duffy's and this is cool because there's like an outdoor patio area there's a pool it's a pool party we'll, we're, we may or may not bring a 2k setup so you can play Alex Toledo and own him at 2k and you can money match him so we're, we're, we're trying to see logistics on that so come out have fun with the show um, and hopefully Miami will have Jimmy Butler by then which leads us to uh, the meat and potatoes of this show so this has been one of the weirdest deals I think probably Leif can probably speak to this better in Heat history, just because Miami doesn't normally leak this much stuff. Like Kelly Olynyk gets signed out of nowhere. Uh, the Dragic deal gets done like that, like out of thin air. It happens. Everything materializes with this team very quickly because of how they do business. They're very, they don't leak a lot. So this has been kind of a weird situation because Miami has been, this has been out all in public, which Pat cannot like because you have all these players in trade talks that are, you know, even at media day and now in preseason, like that's not a comfortable Leif, I don't have this. Have you ever like experienced anything like this? Seeing a deal that's so public and so long, not this public. No. Uh, and they hate that. They hate this stuff getting that public. Um, they don't want any uh, dirty or clean laundry being aired out, uh, quite frankly, in the media and especially going for this long, the longer that it drags out, the more that some, uh, kind of erroneous information then becomes, uh, you know, more viable to the to the consumers that want the most updated story right now. Um, so that, all of that plays into this. And I, I, I would imagine that the front office in Miami is not necessarily uh, so pleased with how long it's taking and also how much uh, information has been leaked. Uh, I mean, I'm thinking back through all the deals, whether it's Alonzo or it's Jamal Mashburn, the Timmy Hardaway deal. These all happened at like split second um, uh, moments. The Kelly Olenek, like you mentioned, like it's crazy. Like there, there really isn't a, a clear cut example of a trade specifically. There's been some drawn out free agent negotiations, but not a trade that's lasted this long to to my knowledge, as I'm thinking back through the Rolodex at the moment, those those older deals, those are not really like in a Twitter raid. So like it's different when you're putting in the newspaper every day, like trade updates. But I think in the social media aids, like just like and that's the thing that I think people don't really understand is that situations become so fluid, like and we're getting reports every hour of the hour and things change. Right. So at one point, certain players get offered and then they don't get offered or they're not offered in the beginning and then the negotiations change and like i think this this is a prime example of how how the media in 2018 is being used in terms of sports reporting and how 
I, th- I think Zach Harper, Talk Hoops on Twitter, said it best. Like, when something gets leaked, you need to figure out, well, who the hell is this leak coming from? Who does it benefit? How true is this? Because not everything that gets reported is true. Not that reporters are lying, but that if Mark Stein says something or if we say something, it's because we're being told by someone, right? And it's, well, who's telling us and what do they have to gain by telling us this in terms of this whole grand negotiation stuff, right? So that's why this has been kind of tricky because it's two sides. Miami is very good at propagating stuff. Uh, They're very, very good at it. And you have Minnesota who's clearly, they don't have much leverage considering the internet rumors that swirl what's happening with Carl Anthony Towns and the rift between him and Jimmy Butler about their alleged, you know, they're, they're not getting along and Carl Anthony Towns may or may not have been promised that Jimmy was going to be gone by the start of the season. And now you're in a situation where, you know, can Jimmy even come back into that locker room? Right. Very doubtful. Yeah, I know. And this is the, the other crazy part about this entire fiasco so far is that how many times we've heard, oh, something is close. And it's almost like we've become uh, the network that's cried wolf because we've had, we've had so many different uh, instances where we're like, this is very, very close. But how many times have we thought it was done and we didn't say anything and then it just hasn't been done? Maybe two or three there, there, yeah. there's one time for sure and I, I remember that on september 26th uh we were we were close we were like literally at the two yard line and it was a four-team deal it was miami minnesota phoenix and um sacramento and we heard names like willie collie stein coming to miami um we heard names like uh, troy daniels we heard you know, obviously Jimmy Butler, we heard Hassan was going out. We heard Goran was going out. We heard Dion. Um, there was other, you know, unconfirmed uh, parts of the trade. So like that was something that like it was close. Like we we were approaching um, feeling like we were comfortable enough to start talking about that in public. And then all of a sudden it went quiet and it was gone. And then there's been other instances like that. We've recently, um, you know, kind of gotten uh whispers of things like Dion and justice and and josh richardson which goes against everything we've been told up to this point but at, at this stage of the game there's been so much talk and you're hearing it from so many different places that i don't think you can discount or dismiss anything uh so so now like that's an, a thing but you don't know how close it is so it's just it, it's been a really weird what is it three weeks now that we've been going through it this feels like forever man and it's especially excruciating when on the 26th of September, like literally the package Goran, Hassan, and Dion was like, I think if you ask most Heat fans, what package of players would you give up in this deal and feel the best about it? That would probably be approaching the package that we, that we would. And so when you're on the two-yard line with that package and then it falls through and now we're haggling over what might be Jay Rich, what might be Justice, uh, what might be draft picks, who knows? I feel like that, that uh, it kind of add insult. It adds a little bit of insult to injury if this thing doesn't get done in the end. Brian's SOSing. Brian, right. what do you got? Who should I pick, Victor Oladipo or Paul George? Victor Oladipo. No, no question. Why not? Well, I guess CP3 might not have the games. He gets hurt. Well, so you, you see everyone else: Ben Simmons, Donovan Mitchell, Kyrie. Ben uh, might remember, take a step, remember, dude. Three point steals, three point blocks. Everything else is one. 
I don't know, dude. I'm Victor kind of scares me, but so does Paul George. I feel more comfortable with Chris Paul. I feel like Chris Paul is like consistent numbers, and you get the double doubles with Chris Paul. Look at all the depot steals and look at his blocks. I know, dude, but like sixty-six steals, fifty-seven blocks. Yeah, I'm picking. Do you trust Depot to do that again? Like he'll get the usage. Yeah, huh? no question in my mind that yeah, he's I just picked be... Oladipo. Oh, Brian got Depot. Brian's first round pick is Oladipo. No, that's, that's not like, my first uh. round pick. It's my second round pick. I picked Kawhi Leonard as my first round pick. What? <laughs> You're crazy. Who was available? Uh, Lillard went uh, went right after. No, oh, I don't. I'm not. A, I'm not a big Lillard guy. Okay, so yeah. So uh, and, Jack, you've been, you've been. Oh, I, Mark I think my words. Victor Oladipo has not had his best year yet. I think. So wow. picked Devin Booker, fifteen. Justice better. That's wrong. Justice Jack, is better. You, yeah, you know- I think there's just been a tremendous amount of stalemate with this trade process, and it's hard to know what to think because on one hand, you have a team that absolutely needs to get this deal done because, like you said, there's no way Jimmy returns to this locker room. There's, It's just untenable with um, after you just gave an extension to Cat. But it sounds by all accounts that they don't really want to get a deal done. And that's what the question that keeps coming up is, is um, is Miami dealing with a team that is serious about getting a deal done? And I'm not sure that Minnesota is. I think that Minnesota is, it wants to get a deal done, but I do think like, listen, let's, let's be honest in, in what we're talking about. Like, I think a package of like Justice, Jay Rich, and contract filler for Jimmy Butler, which is about a top 10 player, and taking back Dang's contract, I think is reasonably fair. I don't think it's unfair, but what I do think is that Miami has a unique situation where they're... Miami's in cap hell. And for Miami to make this deal a positive, they have to not only acquire Jimmy Butler, they have to also kind of re re like move around some contracts, maybe ship some, take some and keep as many assets as possible to attach them to a Tyler Johnson, a Hassan Whiteside. Like I think the dream as Leif said is you move Hassan in this deal to Minnesota and then you can kind of move Tyler with a pick or something like that. And if you can keep Jay rich and bam, you can improve internally for free because those are really good, cheap contracts. If you look at what, Guys, like, look at what Ariza got for Houston. And I think that it's not a stretch to say Josh is going to be better than what Ariza was when he got that contract, right? Like, Josh can do more things, and Josh is adding passing to his game, and he's he's improving every year. So, like, what you have in a 3 and D guy who shoots, like, this league is about value. Like, you just don't throw money and then have the best team. Look at Oklahoma City, all that stuff. You need to have a kind of roster balance and finding victories within the margins in Josh Richardson's injustice Winslow's for cheap contracts, bam out of bios. Uh, even, you know, Goran is still, it's not a bad deal. You know what I mean? Like, so these are things and who probably, by the way, Goran might opt out next season and get one last payday. So that's a contract that I think Miami might want to hold on to because that will come off the books. And then you can make a real play if you can get rid of an, uh, one of those other big contracts. So like, yeah, I understand Miami playing hardball and trying to get this deal down as little as possible. And I also get Minnesota saying, hey, like you guys are just not offering enough for a top 10 player. See, and everything we've heard, like literally everything, is that Josh Richardson has not been on the table. He's not been considered. He's not been offered. I know that there was conflicting stuff that came out over the weekend. I'm going to continually say that we hear that Josh Richardson is not 
part of the package. Um, obviously, that can change, and um, and I'll be more than willing to own up to that. But to this point, from what I've heard, he's not part of the package. And to that point, I feel like if Jay Rich was part of it, this deal would be done. So, like, obviously, there's some dot connection going on there. But I feel like if Josh was truly on the table and Justice was on the table, that this thing would already be wrapped up. And uh, to your point about contracts and moving them around and that whole aspect of this, that was, I think, the motivation. And I mean, this is pretty obvious, but I believe that that was the motivation for Miami to make this a huge four team mega deal because that awarded them the opportunity to move as much money around and try to maybe get off Hassan's deal and get off another deal or something like that and maybe avoid uh, shedding too many picks or young players. So uh, so that was kind of the motivation of getting Sacramento and Phoenix to buy into this thing. And four-team deals are tough to consummate, so, uh, so that probably, you know, is odd stacked against them as well. And when you have, like, I think keeping picks for Miami – is super important because you're going to, there's no way that you're going to be able to, like if they end up keeping both Hassan and Ty, like if they trade for Jimmy Butler, take back uh, Dang and they keep, I can, I can never say his name, Gor- Gorgie Dang? The guy Jang. I told me last time. Jang. If they take back Jang and if they keep Hassan and Tyler, like how, how are they going to get better? And I guess that's my thing, right? Like if you give up all your young assets and then you take bad, bad contracts and you don't give away your bad, like they're stuck. Miami's stuck. So they have to play this kind of, they have to play this strong arm game because there's no way they can get better. And they have to just try to bend Minnesota and say, you have to break. See, it's, it's my belief that if Josh is in this deal, that they're going to make sure one of those contracts goes with him, that it's going to be like a caveat. Like, you want Josh Richardson in this deal compared to what everybody else is offering at that contract but Miami at takes his skill set and age. Jang. No, cause, no cause from, from what we've heard, uh, if, if the deal is, is Josh, Justice, and Dion for Jimmy – then that's the package and and you don't need that center that you can't pronounce his name added into the mix. I believe the salaries work at that deal. Draymond. 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 But I have a Draymond, pick. I have Ryan. a pick two picks after. Oh, you have a pick two pick after? Mm-hmm. Then I would take Gobert and then I would go right to Draymond. Because Draymond, you have that triple double threat and Draymond Dray- Draymond fills the statue, dude. Sorry, Leif. I just I Brian wanted help and, and we're here to help. And you know, we're also watching Heat Magic right now. Heat are up ten. You know, so we're finally, you know, they're finally going to get a preseason when it would appear unless the third quarter hits. Nikai just tweeted out the Miami Heat beat account saying Jarich needs a go-to move at some point. That's the real next step for him. He's right. And I do want to get into kind of everyone's playing the preseason toward the back half of the pod. I do want to talk very quickly, and I know that Jack's going to be excited for this, about like, you know, connecting the dots. Like, I kind of feel like Minnesota's angling for Josh and Justice. And that's just something that I would not be happy with. If if Jimmy Butler comes at the expense of getting rid of your two best two, I mean I'm not as high as Bam as the rest, but your two best young players, um, and you empty the cupboard in that sense, because I imagine a pick goes with that too. Like Jack, I know that you feel very strongly about justice, but like giving both Josh and Justice to me is a no-no because of everything I said before. I want to preface that, like understandably like getting a top 10 player like yeah you do that but considering Miami's unique cap situation and trying to be a contender I would not do that I would not be happy yeah well I mean first of all Justice and Jay Rich are definitely not I don't think they're two best young players I think Bam is far and away the guy they're going with going forward but all that aside I think in addition to their cap 
situation. They just have all the leverage. Minnesota has zero leverage, and I don't think they should cave on this. They have to get rid of Jimmy Butler, and they're not going to get a better offer. Jimmy Butler, for a litany of reasons, is not as valuable as simply being a top 10 player. He's about to expire. He's had a recent surgery. I don't think he's... Yeah, I don't think he's a guy like LeBron James or Steph Curry or Michael Beasley where you can just like sell the house for them. Like he's Jimmy Butler, but you need somebody in addition to him. And if you're setting yourself up where you have Jimmy Butler, but you have nothing else to get Kyrie Irving or whatever, there's no point. And it'll just leave soon anyway. Could you imagine if he leaves? That'd be a disaster. I mean, Miami has to know when they get him yeah. that he's going to resign. Yeah, they're not going to include Justice and Jay Rich unless they are, have a firm understanding from his team that uh, – from Jimmy's team that that he'd be willing to stay. And uh, the other thing that I've consistently heard is that uh, Jimmy Butler wants his money and he wants his max deal. And uh, part of all this is that Miami is willing to pay that max deal, and that's why there's been you know that connection of them having the mutual interest that they do have. I think Dwayne has helped that as well. Um so, yeah, it, it, it's an interesting conundrum because we, we say that the Heat um, have all the leverage to some degree and that Minnesota has none. But the one aspect of this, and this literally happened 30 minutes ago where I tweeted uh, quoting uh, the Miami Heat beat account who was almost first with the starting lineup tonight, uh, that I thought that that would be the unit that starts the season and somebody hit me up, um, uh, a loyal fan of the show, hit me up and said, this is so depressing. And I just thought to myself, you know what? That I know that you don't make trades for a fan base. I totally get that. And Riley especially is not the one to do that. But I feel like this is one the Heat, the Heat Nation has to get. Like, And so from a leverage perspective, to go into this season and not get this done after all this runaround, I feel like that's going to really take some of the wind out of the sails heading into the season. So there is a portion of this where I feel like Miami has to look at it and say, are we going to be able to acquire a top 12 guy at this price? Like in the near, in the near future, or I feel like any other guy that comes on the market, whether it's AD, whether it's whoever Giannis, whoever it is, um, they're going to, they'll be outbid by the Boston's and the Phillies of the world. So like, this is that one chance where you've kind of the stars have aligned and you can get a guy. So there is a, I think that there is some pressure on Miami to get this done too. I think that the thing that, and speaking to your point exactly, like Miami, because of the the circumstances around Jimmy Butler makes him available to Miami and not because like if Giannis is available for trade tomorrow, you know that the Sixers and the Celtics have the assets over Miami to get him. Like they just do. They just have more picks. I mean, Miami has a lot of picks, but just they have so much to give that Miami doesn't because of Jimmy's unique circumstances. It puts Miami in the position that they can acquire him when other teams are not really in that because they don't other teams don't have to take that risk to acquire Jimmy Butler. Miami is in a position that they need to they need to do this risk. Yeah, I totally think um, you definitely don't make trades for the fan base, like Leif said, but fan morale is a real thing. You got to sell tickets. Um, I feel like we know this as much as anybody. Like, I want Jimmy Butler on the heat so people click on my articles. But, like, yeah. it kind of comes down to how much um, you trust Jay Rich and josh and bam not only to be guys who can carry the team but to be guys who can carry the team like pretty soon because the fan base is going to get low 
if you don't get Jimmy Butler and all three of these guys are struggling to start out the season. If you think oh. Josh can make that all-star leap or any of them can, like you can kind of get away with Jimmy Butler not being on the team. I don't know how much you can bank on that. Like I don't think Justice is going to be an all-star next year. I don't think Bam's going to be ready to be an all-star next year. I think Josh has a chance to be a fringe all-star, but if they come out of the gates and they're playing well, um, you know, you might not have the same hit as it like not getting Jimmy and the team like just going 0 and 5 to start the season. I had not thought about that. Like I I can't imagine what that'd be like if they don't get Jimmy Butler and then they start the season and then those guys just don't play well. Like Justice puts up a stinker like where he like can't, you know, he's hitting backboard and Josh can't make a shot. Oh god, that'd be terrible. It's a possibility. Well, and the 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 other thing is is because of how long this has been drawn out and we almost feel like led on to a degree as a fan base, I'd say, um if there was anything that was going to put a damper on the Dwayne Wade one last dance tour or whatever you want to call it, it's this kind of stuff. And I feel like there was a lot of there could be a lot of other things whether you you know, you didn't want Hassan back this year or you can't stand um, the Tyler Johnson contract, but you can still get really excited about Dwayne Wade's last season, his last games, his last home game, all the things that I hope trafficked in my segment last episode that I was on. But this is the one kind of scenario where it could take a little bit of the um, excitement out of the whole Dwayne situation. And I feel like that was one of the things we were hanging our hat on as a fan base to get excited about this year. Um, and to have that kind of start to get uh, a little bit to go a little sideways on that, that's disconcerting. And this is the situation that this franchise is in. Like you had the big three LeBron years and now they're a playoff team. And we're talking about not being excited because they didn't get Jimmy Butler when Oh my God. But I, I understand what you're saying. Like, because we kind of know what this team, we, I mean, we, we know exactly what this team is. Uh, we've seen it the last two years, what this team is without any, any addition. So I don't know. I, I kind of, I don't think that that should pressure an organization to move on a deal when it may hurt their future. And I feel like I'm becoming like asset Twitter that say, don't, we don't trade for Shaq. I know that Jimmy Butler is not Shaq, but, no, but it's a I, lot of- I, I get it. it. It's just um, it's one of those weird things where the big three era, I think, did to the Heat fan base what I don't know any other fan base. And, and a lot of this is based off my interactions on Twitter, so I should preface this by saying that. But I don't know that any other fan base is as obsessed and uh, enjoys the allure of the transaction as much as the Miami Heat fan base. Now no, that we the, all do, we all the do. Big dude. three era happened. I, I don't know. I just get that vibe that I feel like we kind of hang on the news a little bit closer and a little bit tighter. And we've got a lot more people plugged into it than maybe some other fan bases. So that just kind of compounds all this when it drags out for three weeks, if it doesn't materialize, but the good news is, and here's a little bit of hope trafficking. I think yeah. that this is going to get done. And I think Jimmy Butler will end up on the heat. And quite frankly, I think that it may end up still happening without Josh Richardson being included. Although I feel like at, in the end of this thing, if that's what it takes, I believe that they may go there. But to this point, they haven't seemed willing to do that. I don't, I don't see how Minnesota can enter a season with, with, with Jimmy Butler on the roster. Yeah, they can't. I, I it, just, I, I can't. How, how after, I mean, it's, I mean, it's everything short 
of the owner coming out in front of a microphone and camera and saying, we are trying our hardest to get this guy out of the building. It's been everything short of that. Like, yeah, it's well, no secret. A game of chicken where, like, they're just waiting to see if they can get one last piece. Um, Riley can't blink, part. dude. Like, Godfather, like, he's the freaking Godfather. The I Godfather can't that. blink. He can't though. Like, like if there's any GM in the world that I would be confident that they would win chicken, it'd be Riley. And I'm, I'm like, dude, don't cave, dude. Strong arm them. This is what it is. And if you don't like it, you can have Josh. You can have Jimmy in your locker room. I trust him to be that guy to just stare him down and say, "This is the deal." Um, we I'm scared, Jack. I'm scared. My locker room's fine. Your, yours isn't. And Josh plays FIFA. I don't want that gone. Yeah, Josh is gonna stay. We might lose justice. I'm fine with that. That's, like I'm not fine be with so it, sad. but it. That's gonna be hard for us as a show. Which, yeah. by the way, man, Justice Winslow was better last preseason game. Uh, tonight, Miami's firing on all cylinders, but Justice finally had a good game after struggling. Hassan has been a monster preseason. Hassan looks Hassan looks really good. I just drafted Whiteside. I saw that. I wouldn't have done that, Brian. I'm. Uh, you so, don't know where he's gonna play. So, what, if so he's, move, what if he's a moving what if he on from pouty? white side fantasy talk? Do you guys? I'm joking. No, but like he's been great, Leif. Like no, he has, He really has looked good, and and I've said this on Twitter. Some people think that I'm like uh, being tongue in cheek about it, but he he has looked really good. He looks like he's recovered from the injury. He looks like he's locked in and focused. Activity, energy, rich. Uh, he set some good screens, things like that. So 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 there is some light at the end of the tunnel there. Um, but the other the other part of this is that, you know, by all accounts, you know, this is a, a group decision, and that's how a lot of these Miami Heat decisions are being made now. Riley is not the one doing the main negotiating. To my to my knowledge, it's Andy that's really on the phone here um, for the most part. Oh, Andy would blink. I don't trust Andy and, not to blink, dude. Well, but he, he won't blink because he's got he's got to go and get a bunch of other no, guys. Oh, dude, I'm, 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 so like, Leif, I'm, that makes me nervous, dude. I feel like Andy, I feel like... I feel like Pat would. Pat doesn't know how to blink. Andy, Andy's a blinker. Uh, I don't know. Andy learned from Pat, but the other part I, of it is that Spo wants Jimmy, and if he's not a blinker, if he is that, um, if he is that in, in, like enthused by the idea of getting Jimmy Butler, I feel like at some point you got to see that through and you got to make that happen. Um, and uh, and that's kind of what leads me to believe eventually they will find a package that Minnesota will accept. I think they just Minnesota has to like I, I I think they're beyond the point of, and also don't forget that I don't think Jimmy wants to be there anymore either. And when agents get upset, and I'm sure that Carl Anthony Towns' agent is probably not very happy about this. Oh, no, is, it, is, it Leon, is it Leon Rose? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you don't want to get Leon Rose upset if you're the Minnesota Timberwolves. The head of you don't CAA, wanna... basically. There are people in the industry that you don't want to get mad at you. Leon Rose would be near the top of that list. Um, so like they Minnesota has to do this, and I don't know who Jimmy's agent is, but is Leon Rose with Dwayne now because of after Henry Thomas's passing? That I'm not sure of. The underworld of of agent. Oh my god! So on the screen right now, John Crotty and um, Eric Reed came on screen, and it's just it's still jarring to not see Tony Fiorentino next to Eric Reed. So do you guys think the emergence of Magruder this preseason and Derek Jones Jr. the upside Free that we've do, do you think any of that comes into play when they start considering, like, let's say that this gets to the day before the season starts and they're like, we got to get a deal done. And it's still like this hang up on Josh and justice. 
does does the play of Magruder and Derek no. Jones Jr. and their age and their contracts have anything to do with why you say yay or nay to that deal? I don't, Jack. I don't know how you feel, but I feel like they're like we've seen hashtag preseason Rodney before. Although he was hurt last season, but you know preseason Rodney is real. Uh, ask our own very Nikai's Duncan. Also, check out his piece. He's uh, he's doing a series the morning after all preseason where he analyzes each preseason game. I think Kristen Hernandez is doing tonight's because he's at the game right now. Um, but you know, check that out. And he has a piece on Rodney Magruder and how Rodney has been a maestro in the pick and roll. He's been awesome. Um, but I don't think that that gets factored in very much because, you know, we don't really have enough on Rodney to know if he can be, if he can be that guy for them. I know Richardson was ranked top 10 by, was it a bleacher report? He was ranked by, by some publication as the top 10 small forward in the league. Uh, Jack, I don't know how you, I don't know how you think. I mean, I'm a big Rodney fan. Um, Derek, not so much, just because I'm skeptical. Oh, that's way too raw, though. Like, we have guy no who's idea. just an athlete. Not that I think he's not going to be good, but I'm just skeptical of how good he can be. Um, Rodney, I'm a big fan of, but I think he has a limit on him. I think he's just not at the tier of prospect that Josh is. So I don't really think they come into the conversation um, like when thinking about whether you want to keep Josh long-term um, or something like that. Um, but I'm excited to see him doing well, and I think he's going to have a really good season. Uh, I think he's going to, if he can find minutes in that, like, uh, bundled up, clotted up. I'm sorry, I'm trying to think of a word to describe their guard situation or their wing situation. Clogged. Clogged. Log jam. That's it. Yeah, log jam. So many words, but um, so it's a mess. Sense, and I'd, if he can find minutes in that, um, just terrible, um, like mess of guards. I think he's gonna do great, but if not, um, like I don't think he's a guy like Josh where you have to play him. Does that make? Yeah. No, yeah. I, I I totally understand. I but and I think Rodney at the I know Evan Cohen. Evan Cohen likes to rub this in. Uh, he said I think right as the season ended last year that he thought Rodney Magruder was a player most likely to stay on the Heat roster that there was no chance that Rodney gets moved just because his contract is not really big enough to match and that he's not a prospect enough to be enticing. Um, but yeah, he's more valuable to us than he is to other organizations just because all the stuff he does, Spo trusts and things like that. He's um, been impressive. Like legitimately we, as a pick and roll guy, he's been very good. Yeah, and some of the moves to the rim and finishing and things like that, you can see he's worked on his game. He looks healthy. Um, so I, I don't know. It just it, it just kind of stream of consciousness. I started to think about we have all these wings. We've had this glut in the backcourt. Like maybe if that ends up being you know how you kind of trim back some of that, you you know get rid of some of the depth, but you obviously get a top frontline player like Jimmy. Um, even though it's at the expense of Justice and Jay Rich. And late breaking news: we hear that uh, Leon Rose is indeed. Um, handling some of Dwayne's contractual activity at the very end of his career now after Henry Thomas's passing. So, I yeah, just looked so it up too. I was about to bring that up. He's a powerful agent, man. Um, I'm, I'm, let me tell you something. I'm so happy for Rodney. Like, you know, he's a, he, that's like a, that's, you know, we talk about like heat culture guys, you know, di- like Udonis Diamond in the roughs, like Rodney super improved. Like, I know that he probably won't win any most improved player awards, you know, but damn man that guy has gotten a lot better every single year he's worked on his game he's such a nice guy dude like 
Uh, if you haven't listened, you should check it out. Our our Heat Media Day podcast where we got to talk to a lot of players. We still have a Bam Adebayo interview that we're going to play for you guys somewhere down the line uh, that we save. But Magruder is such like a down to earth dude, so real, so chill. Is talk, you know, talking about playing video games and you know watching watching the Netflix like. Such a cool dude that I'm really happy for him. Like, and he, you know, the thing about Rodney was I told him about he Twitter and the hashtag free Rodney dude. Like he was like dapping me up in the middle of the interview. Like he put his hand out. Like he wanted to like, he was so like genuinely happy that people were in his corner on Twitter. And I don't know, dude, like just to see that and to see all that rewarded on the court for like just tremendous plays. I don't know. It's cool. I like that. Like those are cool stories that make sports awesome. Yeah, I think. Part of the blessing and curse of him is that um, with Miami's guard and wing situation, it's it's clogged for sure, but you can definitely see the stars or like um, the good pieces and you can see the pieces that can't stay. And I think you have Josh and Rodney to a lesser extent who are guys who are definitely valuable to the team going forward. And then you have guys like Dion who – are just kind of stuck. And it's kind of what Ethan always says um, that if you turned um, Miami's cap situation kind of upside down and flipped um, like the money, the players who are making the least amount of money on the team are probably the most valuable to the team. It's like an inverse relationship. Even guys like Goron who are getting paid a lot of money is very, very productive and relative to what he is. Like if Goran were to hit the open market today, he would make a lot more money for the kind of production that you're getting out of him. So they're, they're constructed weird um, in that the contracts that are the worst are the people that probably play the least. Like Hassan, you know, missed a lot of fourth quarters last year. Part of that is health, but also just the way that the league is going and matchups Tyler Johnson, the size really hurts him. Um, and the fact that Ellington is just such a deadly shooter that if he has it going one night and Josh is obviously going to play every fourth quarter and Goran is a threat. So like that kind of, there's no room for your 19, $20 million player. Right. So it's like, it's just the way that they're constructed. It's unfortunate because they have guys producing at value everywhere on the court, except on their bench. Where you have in fourth quarters, Dion's twelve, Hassan's twenty four, Tyler's nineteen, while you have guys on value contracts, you know, <laughs> Dwayne on the minimum, Goran on a, an expensive but reasonable deal, Josh Justice, you know, like all those guys e. Kelly too, Kelly, you know, that turned out to be a really good get. Jury's still out on JJ, dude, because JJ is really productive and really good. Uh, you know, I know that we're not thrilled about years uh at his age, but that guy, dude, that guy's such a good player that, and especially defensively, the years that he was healthy. So, jury's still out there. But, yeah. Were you guys upset when we waved Marcus Lee and Malik Newman, Newman uh, yesterday? Who? I don't even know what those dudes look like. No, I'm kidding. Uh, no, not really. I don't really, I haven't been able to get invested in any of these like new camp guys. I think they yeah. just kind of have just a roster that doesn't have room for anybody like that. And that's kind of disappointing because we've seen that like they've gotten so much productivity out of Sioux Falls, um, and I just don't see them like finding a space for that this year unless something with the roster changes significantly, which we probably think it will. 
I love in Nikias's pieces for for Heapy.com when like he starts talking about a guy. He's like, you know, he's really impressed. He's been surprising. I really love this. He'll be great in Sioux Falls, <laughs> right? <laughs> like he's oh, like, automatically. I mean, I have to Yo. admit the guys that they signed, Charles Cook. I, I had never really heard much about him. I Who? guess Charles Cook. He spent um, most of last season between the Pelicans and uh, some D League teams, Greensboro and Salt Lake City, um, and. But Liggins, we know DeAndre Liggins. He's a familiar face, five-year veteran. I thought initially when I saw him signed, I thought to myself, well, there's a guy that they could immediately plug in and maybe get some minutes early on if they, uh, like, uh, you know, kind of uh, change the wing depth by some sort of trade. But uh, but overall, uh, you know, I'm not going to read too much into it, but it, I think that it's really they're just shuffling in training camp bodies to try different guys and see if somebody could, might stick. Now I don't have plus minus numbers or lineup numbers, but this uh right now they're 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 playing Orlando and they have Hassan Kelly, Justice Goran, and Jay Rich, and uh, I'm I'm a fan uh, as long as Kelly's not getting smoked, I'm a fan of what what's going on here, especially when when Justice is being aggressive and Jay Rich as a passer has improved a lot in the soft season. Something that Jay Rich actually told us um on media day was that he really wanted to improve as a passer just because cutters like he would notice cutters like a like a step late so he would never get guys like Tyler's a really good cutter and Justice is good without the ball as well and Dwayne as we know is an exceptional off-ball player Ellington so like I feel like Josh adding that dimension and actively working on it with these guys is going to be like I, I think that's going to be a lot of internal improvement on this team yeah that's the hope um and that's why I was saying like there's a chance that if this Jimmy Butler thing like if this conversation never really got drawn out um, and the expectations didn't get super high. Um, like, I think we would be kind of fine with this team, um, considering all goes like according to how we think it will. Like, I'm excited about all these young guys. And regardless of whether Jimmy comes, I think, yeah, we'll see a much improved team. You said earlier that like we've seen this team like um, with no improvement, but like, I just think these young guys are going to take huge steps that kind of change the way this team plays. Yeah, they can totally change their trajectory if they if they step up. And I think it's encouraging when you see Justice starting every game of the preseason at the three, um, even though like the positions don't really matter. I'm just using that for a point of reference. And then Punto when, Justice. And then like Josh, when he comes back, he's at the two tonight. Like I feel like those are the types of things seeing those guys. Uh, either starting in a prominent role in Justice's case or Josh actually playing the position we think he'll be most maximized at. Uh, those are the kind of things to Jack's point where these guys may actually take bigger leaps than we thought they would. Like, obviously, I'm not saying they're going to be all-stars necessarily, but the uptick in, in, in production and performance and efficiency and all those types of things makes for an exciting mix. Uh, it's just the expectations of getting a top 10 12 guy obviously can kind of hurt that so um i know that you know we're going over time here i do want to close the show reminding you guys duffy's aventura opening day of the season october 17th miami heat versus orlando believe it's at 7 p.m come out meet the show we're gonna have t-shirts we're gonna have giveaways we're gonna have hats we're gonna have lots of and let me tell you something the t-shirts that brian has designed have are let me tell you they're kick ass uh, we may we may have other surprises. We're, we're gonna listen. You, if you followed us for a long time and you know me, I'm kind of snobby about stuff. So I want to really make these watch parties 
as fun. Like, I want us to have the best damn watch parties on Five Reason. I want us to throw the best damn watch parties in this city. Like, I want this to be interactive, fun. So, like, guys, come out. We're going to make it real fun it's for our listeners or for our Twitter followers or whatever. Like, come out, support the show. Also, I'm really trying to grow the Instagram page and I'm trying to post cool stuff on there every day. So, follow us at MIAHeatBeat on Instagram if you don't for cool graphics, show previews, uh, news, all that stuff, as well as on Twitter at MIAHeatBeat if you're not following us on Twitter. And if you're not on Twitter, hey man, get on Twitter. If you're, if you're not on Twitter, get on, give us a follow, tell us you joined because of us, and then uh, we'll, we'll all, you know, we'll, we'll connect you with other Heat fans. And, you know, watching games with social media is, I know you guys, it's a lot of fun. You know, to have a community that is live, living, breathing, like very active while you're enjoying your favorite basketball team. And it's a great way to get news and stuff. So if you're not on Twitter, get on, follow us. Uh, if you're not on Instagram, get on, follow us. If you're on, you know, what are you, what are you waiting for? Uh, and then come out to our watch party. Meet all of us and the rest of the crew at Five Reasons Sports. I have no joke to end this show, but justice is indeed better. <laughs> 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 this week on the Light Skinned Opinion Podcast. Hey, this is Roy Bellamy, and you're listening to Light Skinned Opinions. Yeah. They just put Marlon Spark down there with the hopes of somebody actually wanting to rent space down there. <laughs> and, and, I mean, Bobar is like, mm. what, 30 years older than Marlon Spark? I mean, that's going to be there forever. Roy, right, you know, what, what are you going to do? Have you ever been to Bobar? Hell no. Oh, that place is I'm not gross. going to that place. I was going to say, Bobar's terrible. That <laughs> sounds gross. I've been there twice. Bro, you want me to get shanked? I don't think so. Yo, that tells you everything you know about Al. Have you um, been there? It's gross. <laughs> I've been there twice. I <laughs> 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 mean, you went the first time. I saw it was nasty, and you took your ass back. Hey, I'm Josh Appel. And I'm Billy O'Rourke. And we are the hosts of Five Reasons Sports Network's Pro Wrestling Podcast, Smark Your Territory, where we bring you the hard-hitting well, wrestling. No, well, not, no, we don't want to, it's not too hard-hitting because you don't want to hurt the other guy. It's more of a dance we're trying to do here. We're trying to keep it. Protect, protect the other guy. Yeah, you want to protect okay, the other so guy. so maybe we'll go more in-depth. Yeah, that's good. That's better. Smark Your Territory, Five Reasons Sports Network's Pro Wrestling Podcast with the most in-depth wrestling talk you'll find.